0: You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. All right, how are we go, everybody? Welcome to it. It's Friday morning right after Christmas. I'm Barry Markson sitting in today with Steve Zinsmeister, super producer Stevie Z, in for Bruce and Pamela. Let's get started.
1: The lead. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, Barry, but your tax dollars in Scottsdale are actually going toward a fight between the city and Satanists. Yeah, you know, the people who worship the devil, they want to say a prayer at a city council meeting, but now the council is starting to realize that that might not be such a good idea.
0: Yeah, this is a, this is a crazy story. You heard about this before. It goes back to 2016. Uh, there's a Satanist group. It's called the Satanist Temple in Tucson, and they... Did this thing where they went to cities and towns in Arizona that have a an invocation or a prayer before city council meetings, right? And they applied to give a prayer because that's how most of these city council meetings work. If you want to give the prayer, you can be a rabbi or a, a priest or a reverend or a minister. Is or that really necessary? An imam at a ha- city
1: council meeting to have the prayer? Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of people don't think so. Why should you have religion mixing with the politics? But other people think, yes, this is a a good thing to start and have a good ethical, moral basis for the meetings to start. So, But what you have to do when you do that is it's open to everybody, right? I mean, you can't just say... You can't deny a religion. Right. You can't say we only have Christian prayers or Catholic prayers or Jewish. You have to let everybody in. Well, the Satanists they say they're a religion. Right, Steve? I mean, that's... Satanist Technically, yes. They're, they they're kind of the anti-religion, but yes. They pray to Satan. That's their thing. So right. they came in and said, we're here as a religion. We'd like to pray. When they did that to the city of Phoenix, you know what the city of Phoenix did? What their response was? They just cancelled the prayer altogether. Cancelled it altogether. They cancelled the program. You know
1: what? We thought
0: about it. We don't really want to pray anymore. We don't do invocations before city council meetings anymore.
1: Because all the, all the nice churches in town weren't showing up and applying right. for their prayer. And that's what other cities and towns
0: did. Scott's Still did something a little different i don't know if someone wasn't paying attention or they said it was okay initially they approved it they put the satanists on the schedule to give a prayer i think there was some backlash after that and suddenly they canceled their prayer
1: i don't want to seem like i'm defending scottsdale in that decision because it seems pretty stupid to me but could they have declined because i mean once you've allowed them to go through the process of applying for that prayer It seems kind of like you shouldn't be declining any religion, right? Well, that's exactly the Satanist argument. So is it that, or did they not realize the organization that they were putting on the stand, so to
0: speak? You are going to be welcomed into the Satanist temple as a... A star here. So yeah,
1: but that was... I think I just came out as a Satanist.
0: So so they scheduled the prayer, then they canceled it, and the Satanist temple sued Scottsdale and said, hey, you can't do that. It's breaching some constitutional amendments and things. That sounds
1: like something they can do.
0: So they've been defending it since then. Now, here's what's happening. The city of Scottsdale has spent over $46,000 so far defending this lawsuit. That's right, over $46,000. And now they're coming back and they're going to ask the city council. This is the lawyers and the city manager and the people managing this lawsuit. They're coming back and they're asking asking for another $130,000 Oh boy! to pay for the lawyers because now they're getting ready for trial. I think this thing's set to go to trial in January.
1: That's your money, Barry Marks. That's
0: my money. That's your money. This is taxpayer money. So this is all good and fun when we're talking about it and we're either laughing or you're serious because, hey, Satanism isn't really religion. It shouldn't be there. But now we're talking about 130 plus the 145 so we're talking about
1: $175,000 taxpayer dollars. That's two or three salaries for a I, year.
0: Exactly. That's two police officers or firefighters, right? That's that's parks and, and things you could do in sure. the parks. That's that's, sure. that's road work in Scottsdale where they're struggling with bonding and money to fix roads and bridges in Scottsdale.
1: Education in the state of
0: Arizona. Well, Plenty of things yeah, you could really put it into. There's a lot there. So it's a it's a scary thing. So they're going to ask the city council to approve this money. My guess is they'll approve it. I they're already this far into it. But the options are so easy. Right, Steve? I mean, you could you could get out of this lawsuit doing two things. One is, yeah. let them make the prayer. Uh-oh. Let them, let them come in
1: and give a 60 second prayer and be done. They don't want to do that, though, because it's an admission of guilt, so to speak. It's, it's okay, we messed up. Let's just go along with it. And in that situation, really, you just let them say the prayer once and it'll yeah. probably be super awkward and weird. I don't really know what a Satanist prayer sounds like, but I'm all for it. Like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's just do it one time, see what it's like, and then we can cancel the prayer right. like, like Phoenix
0: did. Now, some, some people at home are listening and, and they're religious and they're saying, sure. oh, you know, this is, they're offended that we're even saying a Satanist prayer would be okay to be said. But the question I'll ask is why does it's that. not like
1: we believe in it. No,
0: but not at all. But how does that affect your religion, right? If you're right. if you're a religious person and you're home and Satan is the devil, obviously, and this, yeah. why is it bad if we let them come in? Frankly. We wouldn't even know. Do you know, do you think anybody really knows who's given the last invocation at the last six City council meetings? I didn't Scottsdale
1: even know meetings? they were making prayers at so, the city council meeting. So
0: we've turned this into a whole big story. The City of Scottsdale is going to spend $175,000 defending this. They could lose, by the way, in which case, if they lose, now they either have to open it up for Satanists and everybody else to make prayers, or they cancel the program altogether.
1: But they could do that now. I was so, going to say, you're going to cancel the program either way, right? I would think so. You're not well, going to want to get into this. This sticky situation but, where you're spending hundreds but, of thousands of dollars well, on a
0: prayer. And here's the deal. If let's let's say either side wins, there is an appeal. So the other side's going to appeal. This doesn't end, and the appellate costs get even higher with these lawyers. So I, I'm telling you, this to me, as a, as a resident of Scottsdale, this to me is so offensive that we're spending 175000 of our taxpayer dollars to fight something this silly like this, where the options are either let them make the stupid prayer, or just cancel the invocation. We don't, You're more
1: offended by the money involved I than it's, you are by the well, satanic prayer. Well,
0: like any other municipality, Scottsdale has a lot of needs and not enough money, and this is real money. If you told me it's twenty bucks. Okay, we'll deal with it. It's one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. This is this is like you said. This is a couple of police officers. This is yeah. real stuff here. This is buying equipment for law enforcement or fire. This is real, actual dollars now. And I'll tell you, the city of Scottsdale—they did a few things here, Steve. It's some of the some of the council members aren't helping their lawyers any. Is, okay. is uh, so some of the statements that were made, uh, statements that are being used by the Satanist group uh, in their argument, is is uh, it's not good. One of them, uh, councilwoman at the time, Kathy Littlefield. She said uh, that uh, that she did not want the Satanists making a prayer and considered allowing them to speak. uh, Open quotes is taking equality too far. That's exactly what you can't say. That's that's their case. Is that they're a religion? They're fighting
1: for equality, not you. Right, and and no, but
0: they're they're saying we're an equal religion. You can't let Christianity and Judaism have prayers and not us. You imagine if imagine if you had a council that had you know four out of seven of them were uh, Islamic. Uh, we're Muslim. And they said, nope, we're only going to let Muslim clerics come in and give the prayer from now on. The Christian would sue, right? We'd say, no, you have to open it up to everybody. It has to be open there. And that's how it's been in the past. That's how the Satanists look at it. Now, we can argue whether or not Satanism is a religion or not. That's a good argument. But that's how they're looking at it. Other, other councilman, Suzanne Clapp, she made a statement saying that she was going to leave the meeting if the Satanists were allowed oh, to give the opening on. prayer. Yeah. And then the mayor actually said uh, that he's in, a, in the election materials, uh, allegedly, that he stopped so-called S- the Satanists from mocking city hall traditions with an open quotes prayer uh, and, and then mocking that. Is it's, there it's a really time a
1: limit on these prayers in city council meetings? I, like they can't just go in there and filibuster about. No, no. Satanic it, religion. In
0: my mind, it's 60 seconds. I don't know where I'm getting that from. But no, it's a quick thing before the meeting starts. Just let them do it. If you want to keep the prayers that much, let them do it. And then make stronger uh, uh, parameters for it. Or just cancel the whole thing. Scottsdale's argument here, by the way, is that these folks aren't even from Scottsdale. They're in Tucson. So they don't have a real connection to Scottsdale. So make a rule that says... That everybody coming in has to be a Scottsdale resident. That if you're the one making the prayer, you have to be a resident of Scottsdale.
1: But that still doesn't it eliminate the problem. I mean, I'm guessing there's no. Satanists <laughs> in Scottsdale. I don't really know, but I'm assuming that they're kind of all over, aren't they? They're not just in Tucson. No, I, I assume that. Although true. us ASU fans do like yeah. tend
0: to think that, but you know, although the Satan the Satanic Temple is actually in Tucson. I don't know if they have those up here or not. But for me, this is such a, a waste of taxpayer dollars uh, when maybe the easy result the reason Decision would have been what's what Phoenix did, which is just say, "All right, no more invocations before meetings." I want to hear the prayer. You can, and by the way, anybody can pray anytime. You can pray silently to yourself at the meeting. You can pray loudly before the meeting. Sure. You can pray after the meeting. Do we really need to bring in a, a cleric or or a priest every every single meeting?
1: Is no. It, and I I want to hear that. I want to hear the Satanic prayer, not because I believe in it, obviously, but just do it the one time. Let them take. Let them do the one prayer. And then, like you said, just cancel the whole thing. That's, that's and a, then we don't have to get into this situation again in Phoenix, in Scottsdale, in you know Winslow,
0: wherever. Wherever it is. That seems like that would be the smart answer. All right, coming up, we're going to take a look uh, over in France. They're facing some of the things we face with automation. Uh, they're talking about opening on Sundays uh, shops and things that they don't normally have, but doing it not with people, but with computers. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. All right, welcome back. I'm Barry Marks, and that's Steve Zinsmeister. That's super producer of Stevie's Stevie EDU. Filling in for Bruce and Pamela today. Hope you're having a wonderful Christmas week. A little more rain here in the Valley of the Sun, Steve. It's uh, It's not drying out quite yet.
1: It was unbelievably dark this morning.
0: Yeah. It's uh, well that's the other thing. Shortest uh, shortest days of the year right now, so it, yeah. you you wake up it's you wake up kind of late and it's still dark.
1: I like when there's some sun peeking through yeah. the window in the morning. When I you wake agree. up
0: and that's just not the case right now. Not doing it now. Hey, over in France, uh, don't we love just love the French? We love them, right? They're just. They, I don't
1: think they love us though.
0: <laughs> no, but they we have different cultures uh, in, in between the U.S. You and don't France. say, Barry. They're uh, they've got the uh, we've got the hard work down and they've got the relaxation <laughs> down. I think that's the that's how I just if I had to put
1: it in a nutshell. That's it. They certainly have the food thing down.
0: They de- Well, they do that. We're, do- we're getting pretty good at that, too. But this is going on in France. Apparently, uh, in France and in a lot of places in Europe, uh, Sundays are... Kind of a, a peaceful day They closed The stores are closed you, you, It's more of a rest day For everybody
1: It's there. like Chick-fil-A But every business Is <laughs> yeah.
0: that what you're saying? Yes, that's exactly right Wow and, What a world And they uh, Yeah so, so so lately though Some uh, stores Including this one Kind of a supermarket there uh, Has been open on a Sunday So on a Sunday afternoon They were open And people were in there Buying the meat and fish And groceries And things like that It looked like a normal day Here in the United States Except for one thing They're they're always closed on Sundays And one other thing There were no cash cashiers in the store so they're open on Hmm. sunday but not one cashier customers were scanning their items at the automatic checkout stations just like they do here and there were guards there making sure they did it right and the folk now we have this all the time here now, right? You go yeah. to the you go to the fries or the bashes sure. or whatever. They've in fact even Costco now has uh, automated. Oh, tons of places. Checkout.
1: Yeah, I mean you can do that. at uh, Certain uh, fast food places now have yeah. kiosks
0: you can do just to order. So do you do you, when you go to fries or wherever do you go? Do you do you do this? Self, I got to uh, tell
1: you, Barry. For the longest time, I was. Exclusively going in the lines where uh, there were employees because I was like, you know, they can do it. Themselves. They get paid to do yeah. this, right? I might as well let them do it. They bag it for you. It's all easy. All I have to do is pull my credit card out. But I'll tell you what. Like two years ago, I started doing self checkout, and I never went back. Is that right? Yeah, and I, th- I think really what it is is it's there's never a wait. Yeah, You're well, never waiting in line there, for self-checking. See, now there is. Like the store I go to
0: now, I, I used to always go to the, the cashier, it, it, unless I had one or two things. And m- in my mind, and this is probably silly, but in my mind, I, it's almost like job security for them. Like I want to show that the cashier is used and is it's busy. And that's
1: how I felt to begin with too. And, I, and, and I'll do that only if there's nobody in the store. You know, if there's <laughs> like... Uh, employees, with, you know, with yeah. their head in their hands, basically right. on the conveyor belt, and you're like, "All right, I'll give them something to do." But right now, no, I exclusively use the self checkout.
0: Yeah, and it's it, it, so now I use it also also too. But they've taken out so many of the cashiers locally now that you almost have to use the the self checkout. But in France, this is called a, caused a huge uproar. Uh, it, it, they're they're crying there because Sundays are traditionally a day of rest for the workers and their families. And and uh, while they're still resting because the cashiers aren't there, the labor unions and the workers, folks, they're all freaking out that this is an abomination. It's Western-style consumerism coming to France, and we shouldn't be doing this. And the bottom line is it's coming, and automation is going to affect all of us worldwide.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is this is not just an American thing. I mean, it may be more prominent in the United States than it is in other countries, but you're right about that, is that it's coming whether you like it or not. I mean, we've talked in the past about possible jobs and in industries that could be affected by automation and yeah. jobs that could be lost here in the state of Arizona. I was reading one study that uh, estimated what percent of jobs in each state could be subject to being replaced by robots, and they estimated that 28% of the labor force in the state of Arizona could go away at some point due to automation. Yeah, That's like 700,000
0: jobs. Can you imagine a robotic Bruce doing the show? And It'd be... It'd be uh We've been trying to find a way to do that. we I mean, trying to figure out. So this is crazy, though. I mean, think about how much regulation, government regulation, there is in France. Up until 2015 or 16, this wasn't even possible because it was against the law. They, had, they so regulated the hours that business could, businesses could be open and how labor worked that in uh, the, current, uh, the current premier there, uh, Prime Minister uh, Macron, he was the, the economy minister at the time, and he loosened regulations around business hours in Paris and other tourist areas in order to stimulate the economy. The unions fought the measures then and uh, cited so, uh, labor rights and other things, but law. So they, th- that happened. And now, for the first time, this the supermarket chain in France, for the very first time this week, opened up on a Sunday, and it's causing this huge uproar. It, it reminds me, by the way, of the old day back here not that long ago in Phoenix when supermarkets decided to open on Christmas. And oh, fe- that's
1: a big one. Oh, it was a
0: huge uproar. Used to uproar. be
1: nothing was open on Christmas. Right. It was a and huge uproar. And now you can uproar. pretty much find places to go and buy things. You can find restaurants to eat at. Yeah, a lot, of, place, like a lot of
0: places will open up by the afternoon, things like that. But it used right. to be, I think it was Smitty's, the old Smitty's. Uh, wow, which we're now going back, going aren't we, back. Barry? And I remember when they announced we're going to be open on Christmas Day, and I, you know, I was doing radio, and people would call in, and they're just, oh, this is the worst thing ever. People should be able to stay home. Nobody should be working. And I said, well, what about the policemen and the firemen and the, and the hospital workers and the emergency personnel? Should they be working? Yes. What about all the hotels where visitors are staying and there's restaurants open? There? There's a lot of people who work on Christmas But they were so upset And, and everybody's saying well, I'm not going I'm boycotting it And I went and checked One of the stores out It was packed Packed there Of course So many people in there Trying to get stuff It's amazing
1: I feel like there's two things At play here There's the automation side And the fact that Robots could be Taking over the world And taking your job Any day now And then there's the Fighting the labor unions Saying we don't want to Work on Sundays How can you make us do that Those are two Separate issues That here are kind of Conflated and it sounds to me like they're fighting the one issue of working on Sundays when, really, I think they should be more concerned about having their jobs replaced.
0: Yeah, I think that's part of the problem, too, is that they, they probably sense that as well. France has so many regulations, I'm not sure how many of these automated things that they're going to allow. We'll see. But they're they're heading in that direction. Every business is going to try to do things to save money, save costs, and get them to a place uh, that well, makes them but more also profitable. to
1: raise, Yeah, profit, to raise revenues. Yeah. And that's what surprises me about the fact that, Stores in France have been closed on Sundays for so long. I understand, you know, like here in America, we have Chick-fil-A that does it for religious reasons. And I understand that. Maybe France is operating under those same circumstances. But to me, if your company can make more money by opening its stores for one extra day a week, that's, I don't know, if I do the math in my head, that's uh, another seventh of your revenue yeah. coming in? It's a lot. It was fun watching That's you do that math. You know, when I, Thanks, grew up, when
0: I grew up in New Jersey, there was a state law that stores had to be closed on Sundays. And then they changed it and opened them really? up. Yeah. But its we all want the convenience now, right? Especially with Amazon and online. you have We want stuff instantly. We want to be able to order it when we want to order it.
1: I wonder what the Satanists
0: are doing on Sundays. Hey, coming up, John, John Roller is going to give us a check at the headlines in the KTR News Center. And uh, the other side, we'll talk about labor in Arizona a little bit. The minimum wage in Arizona about to go up again on January. January. January 1st, we'll we'll tell you about the new numbers and tell you the effect it's had on the economy. Did all the dire warnings come true, or did they not? That's coming up next. That's Steve Zinsmeister. I'm Barry Markson. In for Bruce and Pamela. Stay with us. It's KTAR.
1: Arizona's news station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective.
0: Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. All right, Barry Marks and Steve Zinsmeister sitting in for Bruce and Pamela. hope you're having a great Christmas week. Man, it is ominous out there today. Every time I look over my shoulder, it just gets darker. We're getting more rain, Steve. It's Christmas week rain.
1: Yeah, you have like massive windows behind you, so I get to see you in like the darkest setting possible. <laughs> yes, look, It's very fitting. It's very dire. All right, so this is uh,
0: this is interesting. Every every end of the year, we we have this story now in Arizona uh, because a couple of years we voted, uh, the people voted to raise uh, the minimum wage. Yeah, to, I remember that to yeah. in, to increase it, and it was a big thing at the time. It was, uh, and the vote was huge. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was a it was a blowout win. Everybody wants more money for a, Barry. <laughs> well, not, but not everybody wants to pay it. That well, was the question. There's that. So uh, you remember this, Steve? Going back, this was 2016 is when we voted. So just a few years ago, and the minimum wage back then, eight dollars and five cents an hour. That's what it was. Eight dollars and five cents sure. an hour hadn't really sure. moved much in a while. And uh, the the law increased it to ten, and then increasing it up since then. And coming up here on January first, the minimum wage in Arizona will be twelve dollars an hour. This is the last year uh, of the increase based on that that referendum. That it we bumped
1: own. up to what was it ten at first? Yep. And then eleven, and now we'll be bumping up from eleven to twelve. Might
0: have even had a ten fifty in there. I don't remember. Okay, it's, sure. Yeah, so it's twelve dollars. Now they do allow tipped employees to make a little bit less. So if you work in a restaurant or a bar, they can pay you three dollars less an hour plus tips, as long as the tips bring you at least to the minimum wage. So now, for example, they could be paying you nine fifty, or excuse me, nine dollars an hour, as long as you make at least three dollars an hour in tips. Otherwise, they have to guarantee that. And it's back then if you think about it the arizona chamber of commerce uh, they had a they filed a lawsuit actually to try to strike down the ballot initiative they didn't want it on there and there were a lot of calls that this was going to ruin ruin the arizona economy it was going to it was going to decimate the economy people were going to be fired businesses were going to close and
1: none of that really happened. I mean, the weather today might be ominous, but the economy seems to be doing okay. We do. We do. It definitely at least do okay. still exists.
0: Even the even the Arizona Chamber of Commerce uh, has, has acknowledged now, they, they do not dispute, that their predictions of wholesale reductions in the employment levels in the restaurant business and other industries, that has not happened. In fact, the increase in Arizona has been about 5.7% increase in jobs. In other words, more jobs have come in uh, after this was put into effect, and the restaurant business is is right there at 5.6% increase. I
1: think the idea is that when you give people more money, especially with a minimum wage increase, then you factor in that those dollars will probably go back into the economy somehow, that they will use that extra cash to then spend. Well, that could be. I mean, the, the issue, And that could help the economy in right. this way. There. I
0: mean, the issue was going to be for, you know, we use restaurants as the example because there's a lot of minimum wage employees in in that field, yes, food and beverage. Yes. in that industry, yeah. And and uh so we talked about that, whether restaurants would lay people off, would say, hey, I can't bring you in, or, or not hire to replace, or things like that. I because, think that,
1: that's more likely, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that's, I've seen that. You know, I work on some charity boards where we have a, a lot of staff that, that, uh, in, in facilities that earn minimum wage. And it has been. It's a big budget uh, difference every year. Every time this happens, you know, you say, hey, you're going get a dollar raise. What's the big deal? Well, if you have 100 employees, that's a lot of money. I mean, well, so I you mean, have to figure out how to make that up.
1: Think of it this way. If you had, before this law went into effect, if you had five employees is making eight dollars an hour and then all of a sudden now they're bumped up to ten. Yeah. That's times 5 that's $10 right there. That's a whole person's salary. Maybe it's a part-timer or whatever, but that's a whole person's salary that you just eliminated by increasing everyone else's minimum wage. And
0: businesses had to decide, what do I do there? Do I just absorb that? Can I absorb it? Do I raise prices? What do I do? The good thing is when it's happening statewide, everybody has to do it, right? So if you own restaurant A, restaurant B has the same problem you do. So they may have to jump up their prices $0.25 or something to keep keep up. Then everybody does it. It's all right. So it's it's kind of worked. Part of that, I think, has been the, the strong economy, right? I mean, it's help. It's certainly helpful when the economy is strong. We'll see what happens if we have it, when we have a downturn and what happens with the economy then. Does that result in more layoffs or more unemployment as a result of the higher wage? Uh, but it's definitely created a situation where I mean, look in, in a, just a, a few years, minimum wage in Arizona has gone up fifty percent.
1: Yeah, which again, that's everybody is kind of celebrating. I mean, obviously, more money in our pockets and that's great. Um, I do appreciate those numbers that you gave, because they do kind of give context to how the economy has done. And we can all acknowledge it's been pretty good recently, both nationally and locally. Uh, The governor has stashed away a a billion dollars in a rainy day fund. It's actually raining today, so maybe (laughs) maybe that plays in. But I, I do wonder, because... As the one in the room who probably made minimum wage more recently, I'm not saying you never did, Barry. but oh, I did. I, I mean, more recent than than you, perhaps. I made I
0: made minimum wage of two. I think it was two dollars and three cents an hour. Wow, what were you doing then? I was in a, I was a, a waiter. I was I've been a okay, busboy yeah. and a waiter and a bartender. But you made so, tips, probably. And right? I made tips. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. It was,
1: but I remember my I remember my paycheck was like a joke. It there was just nothing there. I I remember as a minimum wage employee making let uh, around eight dollars an hour. You know the struggle was. Working your way up and getting pay increases, and now all of a sudden, maybe you're sitting at $10 an hour and you earned your way to $10 an hour. And then you've got all these people that get bumped up to 10 just because of the law and the minimum yep. wage increase, and you're still sitting there at 10, like. What, what about what about us who worked our way up and that might be a frustration that some people share
0: yeah well look i think the idea the people who wanted the law will tell you the idea was that the people who were already making 10 should have been bumped up to 11 or 12 but you're saying that didn't always happen and of course not not right? always yeah. and, and
1: and again that goes back to a company might have an inability to go out and hire an extra extra position that they might right. need where they'll probably just kind of you know, get by with what they have as opposed to go and get the extra help that yeah, they might. No, that's definitely desire. true.
0: You know, the other thing that was interesting in that law that we voted on in two thousand sixteen, that referendum, it allows cities in Arizona to raise the minimum wage beyond the, the floor, the Arizona minimum
1: wage. So Arizona cities might not have the same number that the state does. They can make it higher. They, they can't can make, make it, it lower. So Obvious, yeah. so Flagstaff
0: uh did that, by the way. Flagstaff put it out to voters and they uh uh they now have a $13 an hour minimum wage that goes into effect in 2020, and it continues to go up for the next several years. It'll be 15 50 by 2022 in Flagstaff. So if you, want to, you have a little business in Flagstaff and you have minimum wage, it's, it's going to be much more expensive there. But
1: again, more expensive for all businesses in Flagstaff. So it's, it's equal at least. Here's my worry. Minimum wage increases seem to me like they're usually proposed to try to catch up with what they're calling a livable wage, which is um, trying to catch the cost of living, which is ever increasing. Rents have gone up in the state of Arizona. Um, So the cost of living continues to increase as the minimum wage does. But which one is chasing the other? Is minimum wage chasing the cost of living or is cost of living going up because we all have more money, but the companies? Give you that money, and then you're trying to spend it. So the companies need to make up for that money they're losing by paying you more. So they charge more for their services or their goods, whatever it may be, and we all end up paying that price – the, the at inter- the grocery store yeah. at the restaurant whatever it is the interesting thing that the interesting question I think behind
0: it is are, are we responsible for creating a livable wage where adults can live on what the minimum wage is or is the adult responsible for finding a job that pays what he needs to live
1: and developing the skills necessary
0: right. to acquire that job and, and because if businesses can hire people at eight dollars an hour should should they be able to do that or should the government be saying nope you have to go hire because people can't live on that and if you start to do that doesn't that also open it up on the far on the other end of it where let's say a husband works and a wife doesn't Should the business be able to pay the husband more because the, his wife doesn't work than a woman whose husband does work because they don't need more to have a livable wage or live the same lifestyle? Yeah, it's, that's it's an a,
1: interesting argument.
0: It's a stretch. I think when you start to get into a thing of wages aren't based on the value of the work performed, but rather wages are now based on the, on the need of the
1: employee. What does the employee need to live? What do they bring to the table, too, yeah. that someone else might not? I think you open up a whole another can of worms. But isn't that, it the purpose of a free market is to pay people what they're worth on the open market? And You don't always get paid what you deserve or what you're right. valued at. You get paid at whatever somebody is willing to pay to get you in the building. The other side of that in, is, and we've
0: learned, that a lot of corporations aren't fair. They're going to they're gonna pay no. as little as they can, of course, and, and the employees don't have a lot of leverage, and it, it hurts them doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, when we get back from this break, we'll talk about why one airline is no longer saying ladies and gentlemen when you get on the plane. Steve, can you believe what? that? They're not? They're changing their introduction, their greeting to their customers. We'll tell you why. I bet you can guess why, but that's coming up next. That's Steve Zinsmeister. I'm Barry Markson. We're sitting in for Bruce and Pamela on KTAR this morning.
1: Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective.
0: Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. All right, Bruce and Pamela, they're going to be back on Monday morning. Hope you're having a great holiday uh, week. That's Steve Zinsmeister. He and I are sitting in. I'm Barry Markson for Bruce and Pamela today. And. Uh this you know I can start off by saying uh, good morning ladies and gentlemen Steve right that's the way we should oh, start Oh
1: don't this. say that don't do it <laughs> I have to. Don't do it I have to People will complain tell them why
0: It's uh I'll tell you and we've been seeing this more and more I I'm guessing you already know why but Jet uh, uh EasyJet excuse me EasyJet this week joined uh, other airlines uh that have adopted a gender neutral greeting uh, for their passengers when they get on a plane, right? So you know what I'm talking about. You're sitting on the plane, you're stuffing your stuff under the under the seat in front of you. You got the stuff in the in the overhead. You're pulling out your headphones, whatever. And then the flight attendant comes on when they start their little thing, and she says, uh, "Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to American or whatever it may be." Right. Well, a lot of airlines now, Steve, have stopped saying "ladies and gentlemen" because the gender neutral people or, or the you know people get upset with with the non
1: non-binary people. Non-binary. They, they be- do not subscribe to a gender, male or female. That's right. They
0: get a little. Little bit upset at these things, and so they're now. EasyJet is now joining them. They said that they're uh, encouraging their flight crews to use more gender inclusive greetings. That's the term, gender inclusive greetings, instead of ladies and gentlemen. So I guess what do you just come in and say, uh, good morning,
1: folks? What do you say? Is that allowed? Yeah, I think what I read was they're they're encouraging everybody to say everybody. everybody. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. Hey everybody. How about, how about people of Earth? How would that be? I. It's a little weird, but I. It's. I think it's. <laughs>
0: gender neutral uh, airlines for america and the international air transport association they shared guidelines with airlines this year about how to address non-binary airline passengers they suggested standards that include unspecified undisclosed x or mx for passengers booking tickets so no. So that's longer, like
1: when you go through the process of booking and you select your gender yep. they're adding a third one right x na, na, so now it's gender mr., x
0: mr ms mrs mx is uh, I guess the new one that they're recommending. Huh. The nation's five uh, biggest airlines uh, all have said recently that they all all plan to implement those new guidelines.
1: I'm okay with that part. Okay, I'm okay with adding the. I don't. Wanna, they're probably not even calling it a gender. The, adding the non-binary option to booking your ticket for a flight. I'm co- totally cool with that because it's specific to you. Right. If you Barry Markson are Non-binary, and you don't subscribe to being male or female, then that is an option for you. You don't you don't have to be forced to choose one of the other ones. Okay, so
0: you're you're okay if it's just being. Uh, it's almost like just being courteous. You, you if It's like make paperwork, it and right. it's
1: something that you have to choose. Totally cool with that. Okay, where I get lost in this conversation, and I've been lost in it before with other stories like this, is when you're in a group setting on an airplane, and she's speaking broadly to the passengers of the airplane there's probably what over a hundred of you yeah 120 people or whatever it is and they say ladies and gentlemen are you really that offended over that well and
0: that's that's the question right so they're not direct you're saying you're not directing me personally it's not one-on-one she's
1: not speaking to barry markson she's speaking to the plane so you're saying that the gate if the gate agent says
0: hey lady and you're non-binary you don't want to be called lady but but then again
1: how would she know Don't they don't wear, like, the, the scarlet letter around, you know what I mean? You, like, said,
0: you said they. Nice work.
1: Well, but that that's the appropriate <laughs> that's language, right? There was you know, the whole thing with Sam Smith, the singer, who came out months ago and said that he wanted to be referred to as they and them. Right. To which I responded with, that's just false English. That's yeah, just
0: poor I, grammar. I struggle I struggle with the they and them because those words have meaning in the English language. It, it seems right. to me that... It's a you, plural thing. Right. You want to create something new and different to address these this things that are kind of new and different. These people who are, are doing... The non-binary is a little bit different for us. Right. Okay. Don't take an existing word... And, and and give it a new that. meaning. Yeah, and take that for for yourself. We don't because now it confuses everybody. Confusing for you, it's confusing for us, and even people who aren't. We're trying to be rude. They'd like to address you how you want to be addressed. It's difficult to understand how that works. So, and it's, and also they and them and its current meaning is plural, and you're asking for it to be used in a singular way. Right.
1: That's just that's just not correct English. It's,
0: it's a little bit different. But let me ask you this, because you mentioned this earlier. So you don't think it's a big deal for them to say, ladies and gentlemen, when it's a group, when they're just speaking to a large group of people.
1: I understand how those people feel, but I, you shouldn't be offended by right. it. Here's, here's I, and I... I
0: I think about this sometimes. I'm Jewish, and so when people come up okay. to me all the time, I get this all the time. This type time of year, if someone doesn't know I'm Jewish, even the ones that do, they say Merry Christmas. I'm not offended by that. I, I think s-
1: I said it to you in the hall the other day. Of
0: course, I say Merry Christmas. It's like right. If it, 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 you didn't say, no one says it to me to be offensive. It's just a greeting this time of year. And it's not it like pleasant. I'm coming up to you and I'm like, like, Hey,
1: Barry, you're a Christian, right?
0: You just, people just use it all the time. So I understand what you're saying, and I wonder how many people, uh, whether it's non-binary, you know, whoever wants to be, doesn't like ladies and gentlemen, right. if they're truly offended by the use of that. It's, part of me understands it if, if you've made this transition and you feel this is, I am not a male or a female, and suddenly everything becomes a sensitive issue for you. Every time somebody says it, it's sensitive. But I agree with you. When it's not being directed at you personally, to get offended by it seems to be a bit much. Yeah, and... When someone doesn't know, I don't they're want to not make talking it out, to you... I don't
1: but, want to make it out to sound like every person who is non-binary has an issue with this, right. because that can't be the case. I, I'm That's, sure it's not. No. Um, they're not all like that, I guess. But my point is, how is a person supposed to know if someone else is non-binary? Right. And I'm totally empathetic to the situation I, I i see where they're coming from and if you barry markson came to me and said you know what steve uh, actually i'm i'm non-binary and I'd, I'd like to be go i'd like to go by these pronouns i would do that for you i would do that for anybody even a stranger I,
0: you and i are gonna have a little talk right after this segment all right but well. one thing i will say i'm also not offended if we get rid of ladies and gentlemen what do we care they want to say everybody instead i wouldn't even have noticed it if i it don't care
1: a- what they say personally i never listen to those anyway because <laughs> yeah. i've got my headphones in by then and i'm already <laughs> logged into the southwest right. wi-fi i I mean i am already gone long, you have already lost me
0: as long as the plane takes off and lands safely i'm a happy person all right coming up after the headlines at 10 we're going to get into something kind of interesting here you've heard of this before when you break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend they start sending the naked pictures maybe you took Whoa. them out. they call it revenge porn now the supreme court's going to make a ruling is that protected speech or not we'll tell huh. you about that right after the news john roller is here with the headlines in the ktr news center i'm barry markson That's Steve Zinsmeister. We're sitting in for Bruce and Pamela. Stay with us, folks. It's KTAR.